Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of Black and Bipolar Identity. I realize now that I've like never told y'all where you could follow me on any social media ever. So if you want my Instagram, it's underscore corner of the universe. And you can also follow the podcast's Instagram at of bipolar and black identity. That's only if you want to. I only ever update it when I post an episode. So it's like not particularly necessary but obviously my personal account is just me and you know a bunch of random pictures as all instagram accounts are i supposed on this episode of black and bipolar identity we are going to talk about um over sexualization and uh stereotypes and things like that because black women have the great stereotype of being seen as very curvaceous with like big butts and like they either have big boobs and big butts or like just big butts whatever but like they're seen as this like ideal type of body that's very pear-shaped and very specific and if you fall outside of that it really influences how you're looked at um and with being bipolar and being black as well, um, there is a certain sexualization that comes along with that. Being bipolar, um, y- you are seen as um, having a heavy sexual appetite. And that is because being bipolar can come along with that. Bipolar people are actually way more likely to be bisexual than, like, uh, like they're just like more likely to be bisexual. And this is true for me on a personal level, uh, more biromantic than anything. But we'll get all into that in a second. I, in order, I would like to start with the um, the body types that are seen as acceptable in for Black people and in the Black community. Um, I am a person who's very apple shaped. Uh, my entire family very apple shaped. I think uh, my mom has the maybe the smallest boobs in our family with a C, and I have like D's, and it just gets bigger in my family, and I've had a lot of aunts and cousins that have had breast reductions because they just, it's too heavy on top, and that's fine, and that's all good and stuff like that, but that's not like the standard of beauty within black communities. That might be okay within white communities, and I also feel like I have an easier time attracting people of uh um not even other races but just like white people because I live in the south and I feel like if it's not black it's white like you know there's the Latino community is very like with um insular and the Asian community is very insular um and that mostly what you see is either black or white in the south specifically where I live in the south I'm not saying everywhere um but I feel like for me it's easier to find people that attract to me that are white because they are usually more like boob people or like you know they're not as obsessed with big butts and things like that um whereas as a community black people are very more into pear-shaped individuals and that's just not me that's not my family that's not my genetics and people can say whatever about like squats and things like that I could do squats all day never gonna have a big butt I might have a better butt but I'm not going to have a big butt and I don't want to do squats. So I'm not going to thank you. This is my, but my Ted talk, but like, anyways, um, it, it's, it creates this self-esteem issue 
where you feel very inadequate in your own body the way that it's shaped thinking that if you just do these particular things um it'll change and you'll be able to fit into this idea of what you're supposed to look like but how you look is what you're supposed to look like genetically i can never have a big butt there is literally no one in my family with a big butt i can have big boobs but I will never have a big butt. I can have a big stomach because in my family, that is the first place that grows apple shape. Like as an apple shaped person, I gain weight. I have very broad shoulders. I gain weight in my stomach. I gain weight up top. My face will get rounder. My legs will not grow at all. My butt will not grow at all. They will be still the same size. Um, up top, I am, it, this is probably too much inspiration. I am a size 12. I wear size 12 in dresses because my, I have to accommodate the upper top part of my body. Whereas in pants, I wear a size 10. Like my upper body is a whole size bigger than my lower body neither here nor there and it doesn't really matter it's not like I'm ashamed that's why I'm so comfortable talking about it it's not like I'm ashamed or anything um but at the end of the day these are the real measurements of my body or and you know honestly we can get into how women have inconsistent measuring systems anyway so what does a size 12 mean and what does a size 10 mean these things are irrelevant they just are made up numbers and sometimes are made smaller or bigger to make women feel bad in the uh, clothing industry whereas men get to have specific numbers associated with um the, like that are inches that are associated with their sizing and pants so that they can just get the right size pants anywhere like it's amazing um at any rate um women are are made to feel bad about the way that their body is shaped because it's not the ideal and there are more health risks that come along with being apple shaped but there are certain health risks that come along with being pear shaped as well and it's one cannot choose a person does not get to choose which one they are and i think that people because it's so common for for people to to be black and to have big butts and stuff like that um, people can ignore that it's not something that you can choose or pretend that it's something that's easily fixed um, through hard work or something like that. But that's not really the case. You can make it less noticeable maybe, but not stop it from being the case. Um, and, and not that you should even have to. Um, I think that the idea that you always need to be changing how you look and, and uh, subscribing to a certain ideal that's just really unhealthy in and of itself and it took me a very long time to just like the way that I looked um for what it was and for what it is and and I'm okay um being a person that's never gonna have a big butt there's just nothing I can do it's not gonna happen that's fine it's okay um but what I can have is my own body and, and it is mine and it carries me from place to place and I'm a, able to walk and that is a beautiful thing and I am able to use it to go on hikes and I'm able to use it to do work and I'm able to use it to write and and I'm able to use my mouth right now to speak words to to y'all and that's important those are what's really important um the ability to just have a big butt not really important and oftentimes women are made to feel bad from people who were born with big butts they're like if you just did squats but a lot of these people have big butts way before they did squats they might be doing squats now and that's fine and that's good and their butt might look even better but 
any of the people that I've met that are all like, you should do some squats and that'll help your butt, da 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 da, are people who literally, before they ever started working out consistently or whatever, already had big butts. You can look at their entire family and you can see that they were going to be shaped that way no matter what because genetics are real thing and they're science like you know what I'm saying and it's just not it's not an okay thing to place that expectation on women I I've literally had in high school somebody come up to me and tell me that some guy said that I'd be really cute and they'd really like me if only I had a big butt but since I don't like that apparently makes me not worth the time of day or whatever and they but what they didn't even consider is whether I would actually like them like who are you to tell me that I'm less than for this thing um you never even considered of whether I would even think you are a good or nice or well enough person to be around um if that's what you're basing my entire humanity off of um maybe I don't like you maybe it's not whether or not you like me but that I don't like you and maybe I shouldn't if that's all that matters to you especially because getting into the bipolar and the sexualization while bipolar people can um be very sexualized and can be very sexual especially going through periods of mania and whatnot um that's not true for everybody and i'm not trying to dismiss the fact that that's a legitimate thing and maybe even a legitimate thing that i've gone through i've definitely feel like there are certain situations where i've acted in ways that aren't really what they don't really speak for who i am and i do feel like it could be a contributed to my bipolarness um but at root as a person um a well-medicated person and one could argue that maybe these these um feelings are attributed to being medicated and having side effects of medication however um I don't think that they are and uh I don't know if I can explain why but I I I based on who I know that I am and the way that I live my life I I could tell you pretty certainly that this level of disinterest in sex is just naturally the way that I am um I would definitely identify as demisexual at the very least and um gray asexual um for the most part um if we need to take it any further than that um I I just don't care about sex I could go the rest of my life and I still wouldn't care about sex it's not important to me it's not important to me and my relationships and um being able to think so rationally now being medicated I really want to be able to in the future if I do enter into more relationships and things like that which I I don't do often I'm a very inconsistent dater I'm a not a serial monogamous in any way and I I don't even casually date consistently I like there's probably a year in between each of my casual dating situations and I've probably dated two people seriously so um even with that I just I don't feel the desire to be like sexual outside of these situations um and I don't really care about it it's not something that speaks to me um but I know that a lot of people um in especially in our society it's just seen as the norm um and I'm sure in other societies it's seen as the norm as well but um within bipolar people we are 
seen as is very very sexual or like you know when you get manic you can become very sexual and that can be a thing and I think I've reacted and acted in ways that I wouldn't normally because of that like I said um without going into detail uh and I I think that's a real thing and I think that's important and it's important to acknowledge um but it's also important to acknowledge that um there are bipolar people that aren't um, such as me currently, um, who just aren't overly sexual people, um, and I'm biromantic. I, I like the spectrum of people that exist in the world romantically. Um, when I see people, though, I'm not thinking, oh, I want to do this or that with this person. I'm thinking, oh, I like this person's aesthetic, and um, based on that, I think that they might have these kinds of interests that line up with my interests and I would love to get to know them. And I know that to a lot of people that's probably a really unbelievable statement because I think that we have such a highly sexualized society. But truly and really, I don't ever look at people and immediately think about wanting to have sex with them. That's just not something that I'm going to do. That's not something that comes naturally to me. Um, that's not something that I think. I have never had a, a one night stand in my life. Um, I, I don't even know what that would be like. It would probably make me feel upset and uncomfortable because I it, it I wouldn't understand. Like for me, getting to know a person and dealing with a person at an intimate level is the only reason that I would want to be intimate with a person on that level that's the that's it and there have been people that I really liked and probably liked even more than some people that I actually have gotten to know on like an intimate level and have never done anything with because that that bond still wasn't there like they were cool but we weren't close enough yet we hadn't developed such a uh, a rapport whereas there are some people who may not have been the best but we had developed that rapport so then I was comfortable with them in such a way um and and I think that that's a good thing to to notice that if you're a bisexual person but you're not hypersexual that's valid just as well as if you're a bisexual person and you are hypersexual that's also valid and that even though we are more likely to be bisexual or biromantic um that that's still a valid experience and a valid level um because like i think it's a bit of the extremeness um we feel things a lot i guess and and Sometimes without uh, rationality and control, um, especially um, when there's a lack of medication or whatever. Um, But feelings are still valid and you shouldn't allow people to make you feel like your feelings aren't valid, even if they are a little bit extreme, you know, like, I don't know. I just feel like it becomes a, a thing of where when you're bipolar, people will try and dismiss your feelings entirely simply because they are extreme and I've always had big emotions I'm a very passionate person but that does not mean that what I feel isn't coming from a place of thought I think a lot too much even um and and I've gotten much better trust me like 
Um, I, I do feel less le- obsessive about my thoughts than I have ever had before in my life. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not still there. That doesn't mean that I still don't concentrate on them. That doesn't mean that I still don't observe myself and observe other people and then from that gather the information which I need and I don't even feel like that's overthinking I feel like that's a regular amount of thought that people should put into their interactions with other people I feel like people would be much better off if they were putting in the work to think about their interactions with other people you should be thinking about your impact on others um and I think that as a person with such extreme emotions I've always been very conscious that I need to think about my impact on others and decide whether it was worth it or not and sometimes it has been and sometimes it hasn't been sometimes even when I felt as though maybe I was going too hard I couldn't stop myself and that that being a symptom that being me being bipolar um that makes sense and I had to deal with the consequences of that and to be honest in my life I haven't really I haven't really regretted anything whether I over I quote unquote overreacted or not it is what it is um I have the luxury of being able to say that as somebody who I feel like doesn't have as many bipolar one type symptoms where it's just so erratic and um you know the mania isn't so bad I feel like I I have the privilege to be able to say that I can stand behind anything that I've done pretty well and anything that's affected me has only affected me and that um you know any financial inconvenience has been very minor um and that that is um a privilege and a luck that I've had and that is not everybody um but even then there there have still been things that have inconvenienced me and that's not to belittle the the symptoms or the consequences of of smaller mania or or depression on the on the bipolar 2 spectrum um as always like I'm not I'm just diagnosed as bipolar not bipolar 1 or bipolar 2 and I think that I probably kind of have more of a mixed bag depending on the the situation um and period of time in my life um, but I definitely would lean more towards considering myself bipolar too, which I probably shouldn't, um, simply because that's not anything I've been told, but based on me knowing myself, that is how I choose to look at it. Um, but there's nothing wrong with being bipolar one. Um, it is simply an experience and it's a valid experience just like any other. Um, and I think that, it, I don't know, when it comes to sex, it's such an awkward conversation for me, such a weird conversation for me to have because I'm not an overtly sexual person. Um, and sometimes I, I have been more so than others. Uh, I'm not a person that wears a lot of clothing. I do like to dress pretty, sca- not, not scantily or even scandalously, but I like to dress how I like to dress. And if it serves a little more skin than yeah, average, I'm not a modest person. I'm not a modest dresser. Let me put it like that. I'm definitely not a modest dresser. But there is a caveat to that where I also don't want to get any attention brought to me that is about my body at all. Like I don't. I want to be a blob. I want to be a nothing um, of existence. And I, I think that can speak to my um gray asexual spectrum kind of feelings um is that I just, I just don't I don't want it and I don't feel it 
and and I don't like when it's placed upon me and all of that feels gross. Now there might be some extra level to that. Um, I have had some experiences that might influence those feelings um, dealing in like the sexual assault area, but I feel as though I felt this way before and maybe I feel more so this way now. So while I think it might influence it some, I don't think that it, it completely brought it upon me. Um, I feel like I'm just much more comfortable being like, oh, whereas before it was in the back of my mind and I was like, oh, sexual things are what people do. Now I'm like, oh, well, you see, when you push yourself past a point of comfortability, this is what happens. So I'm okay with being like, if it's uncomfortable for me, it's uncomfortable. Um... And so I guess I guess this one is kind of weird because it, it deals with it's an intersectional topic and I'm an intersectional person. I'm a, everybody is a very nuanced person and human being. So like it's the intersection of sexuality and the intersection of black women is hood and intersexuality, intersectionality of mental illness and all of this in one and what that means for me and how I am. And I read a book and it's by Claire Kahn, I think it was. And uh, let me look up the book for y'all right quick because I thought it was so cool because trying to find a book that, yes, it's called Let's Talk About Love and trying to find a book that deals with your specific type of, of intersectionality can be hard. And and not everything's going to catch check every box, but the ability to look at a character and hear a character and think, this is me. This is how I identify. This is what I, I, I see of myself and I can see it in this character is so powerful. Representation matters 100 percent. And I, I want everybody to be able to experience that. And Claire Kahn wrote uh, a book called Let's Talk About Love about a demisexual black girl and I who was biromantic in love. I am in love with that book. It was a beautiful experience to read because it meant so much to me to feel so seen and represented in every possible dynamic um like if the girl had been like fat or chubby that would have been literally every box checked and not to say that I I would be fat or chubby to the the body positive community but to the community that I grew up in and and the bullying that I experienced that's how they considered me so not to appropriate anybody's movements or whatever but to say that in my experience these are all the intersections that I have lived through and to find somebody who meets almost all of them in a book that is such a niche specific identity to hold and to have it seen and and validated is amazing for me um because I feel as though when you're a black woman 
you invalidate yourself so much and when you're a mentally ill person you invalidate yourself so much and when you're a fat person you invalidate yourself so much based on what other people think and what you feel like society thinks about you and what you've been taught and it's hard and all you want is for someone to see you and tell you that what you're feeling and what happened to you and your experiences are real and worth hearing about and necessary and it it's empowering and and it's something that doesn't go away that need to to have that reassurance is continuous it's not it's not a one time thing i i feel and i don't know I just think that that's very powerful and I really enjoy it and I think that she did a great job and I think y'all should read it. So if you're a black girl who's like bi-romantic or whatever out there in the world living as a demisexual or gray asexual person, you know, this book might be for you and you should totally read it. Okay, thanks. Bye.